The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. And the Iowa Hawkeyes are off to the Big Ten Championship game with an unblemished record. Call it what you want, but it is a play-in game for the Hawkeyes in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium next week. They win, you got to put them into the college football playoff. What a run by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the Heroes Trophy belongs to Iowa in the fifth meeting as Big Ten foes. The Hawkeyes are undefeated 12-0 on their way to Indianapolis with a potential shot at the college football playoff. Final score 28-20. Hello, everyone. This is John. Patchett and welcome to the football show from Hawkeyes Mike. This is our special 2016 season opening reporters notebook podcast. It features both regulars Steve Batterson and Scott Docterman. They both talk about Iowa football in depth. They preview the Miami game and they look ahead to the entire 2016 season. And you'll also hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Miami of Ohio's Chuck Martin. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs, which includes sports reporter Scott Docterman of the Land of Ten and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, plus our own Tyler Chemeland and Jack Bransgard. Game highlights are courtesy of ABC, wrapping up the win over Nebraska in last year's regular season finale. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. The Iowa Hawkeyes begin the 2016 season this Saturday at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, coming off an undefeated 2015 regular season, a Big Ten West Division title, and appearances in both the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis and the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Kirk Ferentz was named Coach of the Year as a result of all of that, and none of those things were predicted by any rational observer prior to the start of last year's campaign. In fact, many thought Kirk's job was on the line at that time. For the first time in program history. The Hawkeyes also possess all four of their rivalry trophies, as well as the Big Ten West Division trophy. This year's season opening foe is Miami, Ohio of the Mid-American Conference, and the Hawkeyes are no longer flying under the radar. They are generally favored to repeat as Big Ten West champs and once again play in the conference championship game, and Ference has the top Iowa job until he wants to retire in all likelihood. The new Football Performance Center has not only greatly enhanced Iowa's recruiting efforts, but it has played a major role in its improved performance on the field. The Hawkeyes' unquestioned leader on offense is starting quarterback C.J. Beathard, regarded by many as the Big Ten's best at that position going into the season. As long as he stays healthy, his playmaking on the field can make the difference in most games. Senior running back LaShawn Daniels will start Saturday's game, and that's the first time since 2007 that the Hawkeyes start the same running back in consecutive seasons. 
Defensively, reigning Jim Thorpe Award winner Desmond King returns for a senior season, and the Hawkeyes are loaded with veteran talent on both offense and defense at many key positions. Special teams are the only real question mark going into this opening game. The starting punter is Ron Caluzzi, a graduate transfer, while the starting place kicker is true freshman Keith Duncan. Recruiting has been impressive, and that, plus the loss of some key players from last year's squad, has resulted in eight true freshmen cracking Iowa's two deep. And in a real stunner, one of those is the possible backup QB, Nathan Stanley. This despite the fact that all of the quarterbacks from the 2015 squad are back for another year. Another two to four true freshmen may see playing time as well, and in all likelihood early in the season. To put that in perspective, Ference has only played 20 true freshmen in the last three years combined. One interesting footnote on its current roster, Iowa has nine players whose fathers also played for the Hawkeyes. Saturday's game at Kinnick has a 2.30 p.m. starting time, televised on ESPNU, broadcast on the Hawkeyes radio network, as well as XM Radio Channel 195 and Sirius 135. The Hawkeyes finished last season with a 12-2 record. Miami was 3-9 in 2015, including just 2-6 in the MAC. Iowa leads the all-time series against the Red Hawks, 3-0, winning two games at home, one on the road, and the Hawkeyes are heavily favored in this game. Iowa has won seven straight home games, which ties for the fifth longest active winning streak in the nation. Iowa is also 14-3 in season opening games since 1999 and 14-1 since 2002 under Ference. Kirk begins his 21st year as a head coach, his 18th year in that position at Iowa. His overall record is 139 to 108. At Iowa, he's 127 and 87. If you're counting, that's 40 games over 500. Ference is eighth in the Big Ten in overall coaching wins, and he's tied for seventh in conference victories. Miami head coach Chuck Martin is in his third season at Miami, his ninth overall as a head coach. His record with the Red Hawks is 5 and 19, but for his career, he's 79 and 26. Next week, the Hawkeyes remain in Iowa City to host in-state rival Iowa State, while Miami returns home to play Eastern Illinois. Of Iowa's 12 opponents this fall, seven participated in the 2015 postseason. Six of those are Big Ten foes, plus North Dakota State, which won its fifth straight FCS title. In Big Ten notes, the conference begins its 121st season of college football, and all 14 teams open play this week. The key game is probably this Saturday's contest, played up in Lambeau Field in Green Bay. It features Wisconsin against highly ranked LSU from the SEC. All Big Ten teams will play a nine-game conference schedule, which means that every student-athlete will have the opportunity to compete against every other conference team over a period of four years. Beginning this season and continuing in even-numbered years, East Division teams will play five home games and four on the road, while West Division teams, including the Hawkeyes, will play just four home games and travel for the other five. But in all odd-numbered years, the reverse is true. Teams from the West will have five home games, four away, and teams from the East, four home games and five on the road. The Big Ten Conference provides its teams the opportunity to participate in 16 bowl games this year. That's the largest in conference history, as well as the championship team likely getting a shot in the national playoffs. Great story. Compelling and rich. (laughs) 
Let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, who talks about his team's progress during the offseason and fall camp. I think overall team uh, made a lot of uh, progress overall, just in general terms. And, uh, you know, a lot of moving parts. Certainly, like every camp, you have guys injured, so we didn't quite have the consistency you're looking for. Hopefully, we'll pick that up as we move along. And then, uh, certainly, last week being the first week of school, I think, is a benefit. We had the same luxury last year, so it gave us a chance to get into the school routine uh, before we uh, started uh, up with game week like we did this past week. So I think overall, uh, a lot of good things there. You know, I think like everybody in the country, we're eager to get on the game field. We probably need to, and I think that's probably true of everybody's plan. Uh, overall, our experienced guys made good progress. They did a good job of leading, and then we've got a lot of newcomers with 21 seniors graduating. A lot of newcomers, uh, they're going to be entering uh, the fray, and some of those guys will be first-year players. So certainly need uh, looking forward to see how they, they re- respond out there in the game field, how they compete, those types of things. And, uh, you know, like every other year, you know, we got to finish our game week here this week. We still have a couple uh, days of preparation ahead. And then uh, start the process of playing games and just just uh, anxious to see how the team meshes, how they come forward, and how we evolve as the season goes on. But, you know, first things first, this is a game that's on our mind. Kirk assesses Iowa's opening game foe, the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. It's like every first game, you're never quite sure about your opponent. Uh, I think just in a, in a broad sense, you know, this is the third year of their uh, their program going now since Coach Martin got there. And I think as many of you know, he had a really uh, uh, good run at uh, Notre Dame with the Notre Dame program. He's an outstanding football coach. And then if you look at his staff, they've had great stability. Uh, most of those guys have been there for all three of the years. Uh, they were either with him uh, at Notre Dame or uh, during their run at Grand Valley, and uh, he did a great job there. National championships, uh, you know, uh, a lot of great, uh, great football teams. So I think their staff has a clear idea of what they want to get accomplished. Uh, they made good progress last year, won two of their last three games, and just uh, reading what we've read coming out of the camp, I think they really feel good about their football team, the progress. And you know, from my experience, usually, usually year three is where you start really gaining traction and gaining ground as a team, as a program, when you're trying to, to build something new. And uh, I think that's probably what you can expect from Miami. So. So, you know, we're going to do our best to prepare based on the film that we have. Uh, you know, looking, they've got a lot of returning starters. Uh, we expect those guys to be better players, just like I hope our guys coming back are better as well. And, you know, just look forward to, to getting out there and starting uh, starting the season. Ferentz was asked about having eight true freshmen on his opening week depth chart and whether it's a product of good recruiting or players lost from the 2015 team. You know, it's kind of a mix. It starts with, you know, as we said back in January, we lose 21 really good players, really good uh, team guys, our seniors. So to fill that void, guys have to ascend in the program. I think we've seen some of that. And then also you have to fill the voids underneath. And uh, I think it's probably a little combination of the voids that we have, some of the voids we have, and then also some of the guys that uh, got here. You know, we, we always feel pretty good about our class, but you don't know until they get on campus. And uh, starting with the work that they did in June, uh, continued into July, and then most importantly when they put uh, helmets on, in August, we saw some good things. You know, how they're going to play Saturday or beyond, who knows? How many will play Saturday or beyond, who knows that either? But um, I think it's fair to say we'll have a bigger number than normal. And uh, based on what we've seen in practice, we're really you know optimistic they'll play well, and we're going to need that to have a good football team. Kirk was asked about his starting punter, Ron Caluzzi, and his transition as a graduate transfer to the Hawkeyes program. I'd say he's done it with, with great ease. Um, you know, And it is interesting right now. We've got a real young kicker and a real old kicker, two different uh, – 
ends, ends of the spectrum. But, you know, Ron, from, from the first time we met him last winter, it's just been a really mature, heads-up guy. When, when he got here in June and started working, you know, it's, it's really uh, been fun to watch him. And, you know, we couldn't watch him punt or any of that stuff during the summertime, but we've seen him certainly since August started. He's done a really good job back there, and I think the extra benefit for us has been that uh, he is a more mature guy, uh, being a college graduate already, and with a very young group of specialists, and it's a large group of specialists, to have that maturity and have that confidence, it's really been, I think, beneficial for other guys that haven't played very much. So, you know, we, we uh, I think, picked up a really good punter, but on top of that, a guy that can help uh, steady that group a little bit and, you know, kind of show them the way to do things in terms of practice. And uh, when games start to come around, I think, you know, help steady guys a little bit. Ferentz talks at length about his starting quarterback, C.J. Beathard, his playmaking abilities, and the risk he faces running the ball after coming off of last season's injuries and surgery. I think really the only decision we have, two things, would be how many called runs we, we have. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit like when we had Brad Banks. Brad was a really capable runner, so... Uh, you always had that equation. And then the other, other part about it is when he does come out of the pocket, we're not going to discourage him from that. That's one part of the reason he's a good player. And uh, not only can he run or will run, but he'll also you know, break the pocket and throw the ball too, which is, is really tough to defend. So we're not going to try to control that. We're hopeful. We're hopeful that he slides a little bit better and protects himself, just uses a little better judgment. You know, the play in Indiana, you're, you're not going to change that. And we all saw that coming from the sideline that day. And, and uh, you know, we all knew what he was thinking. We didn't know if he was physically capable capable of doing that. I don't know how you take that out of a great player. Uh, and that's part of the reason he's a really good player. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, just using a little better judgment about we'll give up a yard for, for you not taking a hit, those kinds of things. Hopefully he'll do that. And Greg assures me uh, he's practiced sliding as well. I know Tucker was a really good baseball player. Maybe they worked over uh, this weekend on it, hopefully. But uh, yeah, he's got some of the ugliest sides I've seen since uh, I've gotten into coaching, that's for sure. So hopefully he'll do a little better job on that. You know, we don't need him to be the toughest guy on the team. He's already taken a you know, gotten an award, a certificate for being tough. So, yeah, we just, you know, hopefully play a little bit smarter so we can keep him healthy the whole season. But, you know, you can't play can't play timid either. It just doesn't work. You know, and he played baseball too, but he, he was a head first slide guy, and that doesn't work in football. So, you know, it's just a whole different mindset, I guess, that, that kind of uh, training. But he's a good athlete. He'll handle that. And just some of those, you know, some quarterbacks don't slide very well. I can't explain that because usually they're pretty good athletes. Back to true freshman cracking the two deeps. Kirk was asked about how wide receiver Devontae Young has impressed the coaching staff. I think it's combination. That is a classic combination. Combination to the question earlier. Just you know, we had had a, you know some vacancies at that position. Certainly a need at that position. Plus he's come in and really done a good job. I think he did a good job this summer, uh, watching him train and all that type of thing. It looked like he really kind of fit in. Now he's a pretty mature young guy and did a nice job in the class this summer. You know, didn't seem to be phased by going going to college and that type of thing. And then since we started practicing football, he's picked up the offense pretty well. You know, and just uh, he's done some things that really impressed us so you know there's gonna be some ups and downs like you have with any any uh not only young player but you know players that are new to the field but uh we're, we're really you know encouraged by what we see and you know, i, I kind of see this thing being a group effort you know five six guys hopefully that can help push us forward here and you know right now if we only got three or four that's where we'll start and then push from there but i, I think we're making improvement and getting closer to having a group uh, mentality out there and ference gives an assessment of two key positions in iowa's offense his tight ends and the fullbacks we're, we're still working on the tight end thing. It's uh, and injuries have factored in there a little bit. You know, John Wisniewski's missed a lot of time. Uh, Nate Weeding uh, was really doing a good job. He missed some time too, some significant time. So Peter Picar has really done well. He continues just to be. Uh, he's there every day and doing a good job. So you know, we, we've looked at a lot of guys there. Uh, we're a little further behind there. The fullback situation. I really, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say feel good about anything, but uh, I do feel pretty.
pretty good about that. I think uh, Drake Kulik and, and Brady Ross have really done a good job. And, and those two guys we lost, Macon and Adam, were two of the best guys on our football team last year. You talk about that leadership part. If you counted up how many snaps they played, maybe not as impressive as some other guys, but what they did for our entire football team, uh, attitude, all that stuff, you know, really, really invaluable. But I think we have two guys in Drake and Brady. And no, nobody works harder than those two guys. And Austin Kelly's been intriguing as well. So, you know, I'll even throw in Steve Manders, who there's another guy. I'm not sure how he got here. He's somewhere from Maryland. Jim Reed had some connection in there some way, somehow. He's the only 45-year-old guy we got on our team. But I'll tell you what, he's, he's done a good job. He really is. I mean, it's just amazing the growth that he's shown over in uh, three years' time. Next, we hear from the Red Hawks head coach, Chuck Martin, who talks about his team's opening game against Iowa. Obviously, we're super excited. Obviously, we understand the challenge Iowa have coming off one of the best seasons, if not the best season in school history, and returning, I don't know, 16, 17 starters and a bunch of key backups and a bunch of special teams guys. We know from following them, and I know a lot of people out there, how well they're coached, how hard they play, how strong they are. They're one of the more physical football teams in the country. So that, those are obviously huge challenges for us. But we as a program super excited about the opportunity, um, the opportunity to go out there and, and play play one of the better teams in the country on the road. The opportunity to play in a very hostile environment will be great for our football team to see how we react to that. And the opportunity to try to pull off a big upset and then also the opportunity to get better, which is which should be the guaranteed opportunity. you got a chance to go play a football program like Iowa for 60 minutes and you've got a great opportunity to get better uh, in a lot of areas and figure out where, where your weaknesses are. Martin was asked what his Red Hawks get from playing a road game against a physical Big Ten team like Iowa. For us, as we're trying to build our program here, we're trying to become a physical football team. So obviously coming out of the blocks with a physical test like Iowa, you're going you're gonna to give your kids a good barometer of what physical football looks like on every single snap on both sides of the ball and on special teams. So it's like I said, it's a great opportunity to get better. It's a great opportunity to learn. It's a great opportunity to compete against a, a team that is as physical as they come so it's 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 a it's a mental challenge but also it's a physical challenge against Iowa so it, it, for us coming out of the blocks it's a great opener uh, against a great team and in Iowa plays the style of football that we want to play here at Miami in our league um, so in some respects it's not a great matchup but in other respects it's, it gives you an idea how we want to play football. Martin explains his expectation for his team as big underdogs in Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. It's probably harder when you're that big an underdog to get the kids to focus on, on the next play. You're trying to do that every week. It doesn't matter if you're a favorite, an underdog, a close game. But when kids kids are smart and they know what's going on and they know who you're playing, they know the odds and all that stuff. So when you're playing a team that it, they think it's a fair fight, they can. it's easier to keep them in the mindset of play the next play because they, they anticipate it's going to be a close game throughout in that that one play could make a difference when you're when you're when you're a big time underdog or even a big time favorite sometimes it's harder to get kids to stay focused on the next play so that'll be our challenge as a coaching staff and a challenge for the players just because in those situations when you think you're going to win by a lot or maybe you're a huge underdog then you start to worry about the big picture and what's happening if we can focus on the next play that's how we're going to get better and then to me it's trying to win those battles like if we go and say hey we we want to win this game all right 
then we're losing picture on the next play and the next battle. Like To me, it's how many of those battles can we win. If there's going to be 150 snaps on Saturday, how many can Miami's team win? Whether it be we, we do a good job on a punt return, we do a good job on a run play, we do a good job defending the run. We just got to keep fighting those individual battles and see how many we can win. And obviously, anytime you win one against a team of the caliber of Iowa, it's good for your program. And Chuck Martin provides his assessment of progress in his rebuilding efforts of the Miami-Ohio football program. In my mind, we've turned the corner, and I'm not even saying turn the corner wins and losses. We've turned the corner. I think everybody that watches us this year is going to notice a vastly different Miami football team. We're bigger, stronger, we're faster, we're more competent, we execute at a much higher level. We're a way better football team than we, we beat UMass in Week 12 last year. Our team would beat the team that we took to UMass probably by two or three touchdowns. We're that much of a different team. Um, our kids are starting to grow up, so we still got a ways to go. As you know, we took over and, and basically we're starting from scratch, but we're very happy with, with where we're at and where we're headed. And uh, We still got 70 under Classmen, only 15 upperclassmen, but a lot of those underclassmen have already played a lot of football for us. So we're excited for this year, and I think you're going to see a, a major difference, even this week against Iowa. I think I'm not saying any predictions on the game. I just think you're going to, you're, anybody watches this week, and we're going to play better football. We're going to play harder. We're going to play more physical. We're going to execute at a higher level. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on. Up to 10 washings. Moisturizes. Alcohol-free. And safe for the kids. So go ahead. Touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins. Keep your hands germ-free all day. Time now for our first reporter's notebook segment in this show. This one features Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve looks back at Iowa's surprising 2015 season. He examines the matchup between Iowa's offense and Miami's defense, looks at Iowa's inexperienced special teams, and he makes his game prediction. The Iowa football team may have moved on from 2015 in, in January, but it's never a bad thing to take a few seconds and reflect on what was an awfully special season for the Hawkeyes. Uh, the, certainly the, the Rose Bowl game and the Big Ten championship game did not end the way that this team wanted it to. Uh, that's provided some off-season motivation, and, and that's never a bad thing. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a year certainly that uh, Iowa was able to kind of firmly uh, reestablish itself as, as one of the, uh, the powers in the Big Ten, particularly in the Western Division and uh, a very important season uh, coming off the heels of, of a disappointing finish in, in 2014. So, you know, it, it was the type of year that provides a, uh, a good building block, uh, a, a chance to kind of move forward and, and see where it may lead with a, with a veteran quarterback and, and C.J. Beathard and certainly a, a, you know, a top-notch defender in Desmond King uh, returning to lead a, a pretty veteran defense. So uh, 2015 sets the stage for a pretty interesting 2016 in Iowa City. Iowa's offense certainly has plenty of potential as 2016 begins, starting with C.J. Beathard and, and a, a running game led by LaShawn Daniels and, and Akram Wadley, working behind a line that uh, is much more experienced than the line that Iowa started with a year ago. You know, the, the snaps that uh, 
Cole Croston and Ike Backer and, and uh, James Daniels, uh, Sean Welsh and, and uh, Boone Myers received last season will certainly uh, pave the way for, for whatever success that Iowa can have during the upcoming season. And, uh, you know, there, there will be some questions that are going to have to be answered. Uh, and there's, uh, we'll start to learn some of those answers against Miami. But a terrific receiver returns in Matt Vandenberg. He's, he's a, an experienced guy who's going to get an awful lot of defensive attention, and especially with uh, Tavon Smith and, and Jacob Hillier no, no longer around. He becomes the guy, and uh, it's going to put some pressure and uh, some opportunities on, on some of the new guys that will kind of step to the forefront. Riley McCarron, a senior who's been in the program, has kind of withstood the uh, preseason test and has maintained the starting position, and, and uh, it appears that Jay Shield will finally get a chance to, to show what he can do at a receiver position, along with Jermenic Smith and, and uh, some other young kids, including uh, Devante Young, a true freshman who who certainly has been a standout throughout fall camp, at least enough to catch the attention of, of, of coaches who feel like he'll be a, a significant part of the Hawkeye offense. Tight end, uh, George Kittle, a known commodity behind him, some green that uh, will have to be uh, uh, seen over the next uh, few weeks, and, and Peter Picar certainly begins uh, the season at number two. Uh, we'll see how that develops. There could be some true freshmen in Noah Font and, and TJ Hawkinson who, who may play their way into some opportunities down the road there as well. They're facing a Miami team that uh, uh, returns seven starters on defense. It's a uh, it's a type of team that uh, did, that's a good news bad news kind of situation after a three and nine season. Uh, Miami allowed 32 points a game last year, gave up 404 yards a game on offense, including 235 through the air. So uh, that passing game may have a chance to to work a little bit. Uh, and certainly, uh, this is is the type of opener that uh, will provide uh, a lot of young guys a chance to kind of get their feet wet for the first time on. I'm both teams, and certainly uh, Miami uh, has a number of new starters on, on defense as well. But uh, they, they do return seven. Starts with three starters on the on the defensive line that will be back, and including a second team All Mid American Conference pick in J T. Jones. He was a, a pretty effective player for them last year, and and uh, will be counted on uh, heavily by uh, a coach who should be familiar to Hawkeye fans, uh, Corey Brown, who was a, a a starter, a defensive tackle for uh, Kirk Ferentz's first Iowa team. Is the defensive line coach at, at Miami? He's been he followed uh, Chuck Martin there from Notre Dame. Brown had been uh, working at uh, at Notre Dame as a graduate assistant, and and when uh, Chuck Martin was hired at Miami, he was one of the coaches to follow him there. And so you know some ties there. Certainly, it'll be been a big week for him. Uh, Corey, uh, after his college career, spent five years playing with the uh, Quad City Steamrollers in the uh, Arena Football League. So he, he's got some ties to the area. It'll be a big return home for him and Corey was one of those guys who who kind of helped lay the foundation for uh, for Kirk Ferentz's program at Iowa and uh, it'll be uh, he knows what he's getting himself into and certainly uh, he's got uh, his hands full with the, with the Red Hawks defense Miami also returns a couple of linebackers and a couple of guys in the secondary but uh, uh, they've got 19 of their top 25 tacklers back from a year ago uh, they will be a little green on the back end which should uh, certainly help Iowa's receivers and C.J. Beathard maybe get that passing game going so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Iowa special teams certainly will have a, a different look 
uh, at least on one, a couple of fronts this season with a new punter and new kicker. Uh, the return guy will be this be a familiar guy in Desmond King. There, uh, he will continue to to return kicks and punts. And uh, as Phil Parker put it a week or so ago, you know, any way that they can involve Desmond in the game is is a good thing for Iowa. And uh, he supports uh, uh, Desmond being out there and, and doing what he can in terms of the returns. But uh, it will be uh, an interesting situation on special teams. Miami has a new kicker and a new punter as well this season. So both teams could experience a few ups and downs here, uh, at least during the initial weeks of the season. And, and uh, Keith Duncan, a true freshman, uh, preferred walk-on from North Carolina, has emerged as, as Iowa's starting kicker heading into uh, to Saturday. Kirk Ferentz described him as unflappable uh, to this point uh, on uh, on Tuesday. So uh, uh, we shall see if, if uh, he remains that way when he gets out in front of 65,000 people at Ginnick uh, this weekend. But uh, he certainly has uh, emerged through a very crowded competition, uh, including a couple of guys who, who've been around for a couple of years in, in Mick Ellis and Miguel Racinos. If Duncan should fail, those other two guys are still certainly uh, in the mix, I think. But uh, uh, right now, it's Keith Duncan's uh, opportunity, and uh, we'll see what he does with it. The punter is uh, is Ron Coluzzi. Uh He uh, is a guy who uh, has some experience. He's a graduate transfer from Central Michigan, uh, where he handled punting, kicking, and uh, and also uh, kickoff duties. He will handle kickoff duties for Iowa in addition to punting. Duncan is is uh, uh, as green as he is. Coluzzi Lucy brings some some experience, and Kirk uh, Ferentz alluded to that a little bit on Tuesday as well, talking about how that senior leadership. I mean, he's a guy who has an undergraduate degree, uh, has been very welcomed in in terms of working with a number of young kickers and punters that Iowa has in camp right now, and that uh, that may be one of the biggest things that he brings to the, to this football team besides his leg. He, he had the reputation; he averaged just a little over 40 yards a punt for for the Chippewas, and uh, you know he should be a a fairly experienced. First-time starter for the Hawkeyes on Saturday, which is a, an unusual and and a good situation, I think, to to have in the opening game. I'm going to go with Iowa. I think it's right around what the spread actually is by a 35 to seven score. I think this is a game that Iowa should be able to uh, to, to win, especially up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, Miami does return a, a you know a lot of experience on on the uh, offensive side of the ball with uh, 10 starters back, but uh, it's a group that. Uh, that averaged uh, 17 points a game a year ago, really struggled at times. Did win two of their last three games, and their quarterback is a guy that came out of the uh, same pro high school program uh, that uh, uh, produced the Hartley brothers at Iowa with Stock Marion in, in Illinois. And uh, he certainly, uh, uh, you know, is going to be a capable starter as a sophomore. But uh, I think the situation with Iowa's experience on offense uh, and certainly their, their strength on defense uh, should be a little bit too much for, for the Red Hawks, and, and uh, yeah, this is being kind of built on, on their end as a chance to see how they measure up physically with a Big Ten team, and I don't think they're going to measure up very well. They may be certainly improved over a year ago, but uh, I think there's a lot of uh, growth probably that remains to be done. It'll be a good teaching point for Chuck Martin and his team. Well, we got Peter, and they got guys named Laser and Blazer and Taser and all kinds of Asians.
Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Now it's time for our second Reporter's Notebook segment, this one with Scott Docterman. You can read Scott's articles now online at landof10.com. You can also follow Scott on Twitter, at Scott Docterman. Scott looks back and ahead at all things Iowa football. He makes his prediction for the Miami game, and he makes some bold Big Ten predictions featuring the Hawkeyes. Looking ahead here at uh, Iowa's 2016 season, I think you need to look back to 2015 for context. Um, this is a team that uh, blew out any kind of narrative last year. I mean, I think we were talking about, you know, the zero capital year for, for Kirk Ferentz, uh, his political capital expired. This is the, the year that mattered as far as whether or not he was going to stay with the program or they're going to go coach hunting. And what did they do? They went 12 straight games in the regular season, something that they've never done before. True, their schedule, especially uh, after a 7-0 and start, wasn't all that daunting. Um, you know, Maryland, Indiana, you know, Minnesota, Purdue, and Nebraska all had losing records uh, in regular season play, except for Indiana, which was 6-6. Six six. But still, you got to win those games. There's some rivalry games in there. There's some trophy games at stake. So to go and win and win on the road and, and uh, in different fashion, I think, showed a lot of the heart and tenacity that this team had last year to go 12-0 and and then to play in one of the most uh, physical Big Ten championship games or games period over the last 20 years. I think it was just a, a remarkable season. And then I don't know that they had a whole lot left in the tank when they went to Pasadena. Uh, the fans did, and then they got shut down really quick afterwards. But, but that said, I don't think that took away from the season, at least on a local perspective. So 12-2 and two overall, top 10 finish. I think kind of illustrated that Kirk Ferentz is the guy. He's going to be the guy as long as he wants to be the guy. And uh, for those who are doubting him, criticizing him, and in some ways I was among them, I think right now it's kind of a heavy dose of reality that this guy, this guy can coach, no doubt about it, and he can, and he can make the program successful. So kind of getting into 2016 a little bit, Iowa's defense was really good last year, and it's it's re- and with the exception of defensive end, I think it's got a chance to be better. Um, you know, defensive end could be better, I suppose, but it's fairly inexperienced. This week in particular, they're going against a team that really struggled uh, doing anything offensively last year. I mean, Miami only had seven rushing touchdowns in 12 games. That was the fourth lowest total nationally. The passing game had 19 interceptions and 18 touchdowns. Uh, you know, they had their minus 14 in turnover margin. Iowa was plus 11. Any of those numbers 
show in, in any game show a potential blowout, let alone when you're talking about two uneven programs. In Iowa's case, again, 12 wins last year, near six bowl, and Miami of Ohio kind of rebuilding at a three and zero start or three and nine season. And kind of suggested uh, this is not going to be Miami Ohio say you know on offense. Now they they do return ten team, ten players who started at nine different starting positions. So I think they've got the pieces in place to maybe make strides. This is not one of the games for Miami Ohio to to build continuity and do a lot of good things. And uh, Chuck Martin, who I think is a really good coach, he was at Grand Valley State running the four national titles in Division Two. I remember I covered one of those games back in 2005 before I came back to Iowa. You know, I think he's doing it the right way. He's got a lot of young players. He's only got three senior starters on offense. So, uh, but I think he, what he's looking for is how much fight do they have? You know, will they will they continue to fight when they're down or get beat up? And I think that'll tell you what you need to know about Miami of Ohio. But I think in this game, it's not going to tell you much as far as a, on a competitive basis, the scoreboard. So I, I am kind of I'm leaning <laughs> towards Iowa. This is going to be the one game going into the year that you feel like okay, now you knock the rust off, you shape a few areas, you don't do you know maybe you struggle in a couple areas where it's uncharacteristic, you get better and move on to week two. Uh, this matchup couldn't be better for Iowa. Uh, my prediction here is, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll give Miami of Ohio a score, but I'm going to give Iowa, I'm going to make this pretty extreme, 52-6. to six. Uh, Iowa's, I think, 27.5-point favorite, and I think it, this one could go, could be a, a 60 to nothing game if Iowa put, were to play its starters. But I think you're going to see a lot of youth played in the third and fourth quarters, which is a good thing. Uh, we'll see how many true freshmen are out there. It wouldn't surprise me if there's as many as eight, maybe ten on Saturday. And I think the, the biggest question mark in the fourth quarter is going to be, will Nate Stanley take snaps or will he sit and they hopefully redshirt him? So I think that's going to be the drama of the day. As for the season for Iowa, I, I'm in the minority. Out of the beat writers who made the selections in uh, July, I was the only one who picked Iowa to win the Big Ten title. And part of that is when you look at the competition from the East, I think Michigan is the most difficult matchup for Iowa because I think their defense is so good that they can really choke the life out of Iowa's offense. I do think Michigan will come to Iowa City and win. However, you know, Michigan has to go to Iowa City. Michigan has to go to Michigan State and Ohio State. I think Michigan Michigan might be the best team in the league, but then if they lose to Ohio State at the end, Ohio State has kind of that tiebreaker. And I think that the Buckeyes are going to be the ones coming out of the East, even though they don't have very many players returning. So I could see I think I'm going to see an Iowa Ohio State championship game in Indianapolis the last three times these teams have played, which hasn't been very often. They've been close, competitive, tough physical games. And that's where I think Iowa's veteran leadership. They may not be as talented as Ohio State, nor will they ever be as talented as Ohio State. But I think what I'm going to see out of the Hawkeyes is you, you, we saw the grit and you see the toughness. The toughness, you, you just can't compensate for it. And you've got Ohio State, as I'm predicting, beating Michigan in the final game of the year. I think there's going to be some let-up. I think they're going to think that they've won the Big Ten by being Michigan, and I think Michigan could be 11-0 and going into that game. And so they go to Indianapolis thinking that's a coronation, and, and instead they get you know a bloody lip. And when you have C.J. Beathard, a player who I believe tips the field and a very physical team, I think by 
the game's end, I can see Iowa coming out on, on top, given given Fairness's Big Ten championship. And I, I think Iowa might get left out of the Final Four, but could be headed back to Pasadena for the second straight year. So I guess uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm thinking that Iowa loses two regular season games, but still wins the West, finishes 11-2 in the regular season, and ends up in, in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl for the second straight year. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Also be sure to check out all of the Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette and the Quad City Times. Our thanks again to ABC for the game highlight from last season, and special thanks, as always, to both Steve Batterson and Scott Docterman. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more all season long, and that you will subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.